My name is Morgan Gray, and welcome back to the Afrocentric Podcast. We don't funk with racism. We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community. Baby, we damn sure don't fuck with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen, baby. You see this tape? You don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white? It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. When you are living in a world that wants you to be yourself, sometimes being yourself can feel like a revolutionary act. In a world that forces us to whisper, some of us choose to yell. Then you have the few of us that decide to make trouble. You see, we make trouble in spaces that do not know how to hold the truth. We are the good troublemakers, the professional instigators, if you will. We are the everyday people who call out the bullshit, we identify the problems, we remove the disparities, and we provide a voice for the voiceless. So in this episode, it is my goal to provide more detail about how the Black community can make trouble. To introduce to you the Black troublemakers and instigators of America's past and America's present. And to stress to you guys the importance of resistance and civil disobedience in American history. It is our job to speak truth to power, not just when it's difficult, but especially when it's difficult. So the Afrocentric podcast would like to invite you to trouble the waters and maybe become a troublemaker. Thank you. This is a compliment. I am a troublemaker. And I actually invite more people to become troublemakers as well. Because we have to think about this. What does it mean to make trouble? You make trouble in spaces when those spaces do not know how to hold the truth, right? So I invite more people to trouble the space and be troublemakers. Enter into spaces and ask the questions. Ask the questions that they don't want to actually answer. Take up the space and locations in which they told you not to be in. Trouble the waters by making the foundations quake a little bit as you come into the location and know that you have every right to be there, every right to engage, and the engagement you have is based upon a knowledge that you have acquired outside the institutional structures and spaces because those structures and spaces only condition us to buy into the status quo. This is why they attack education first. Now, this commenter is talking about my post on the queen dying in the commonwealth, but really the application goes very much to much what I'm talking about my last video about what is going on in the U.S. right now. People are asking, what do I do? Trouble. You have got to become a troublemaker and be comfortable in what it means to make trouble in these spaces. But what troublemaking looks like will depend upon the location you're in, the issue at hand, and the population you're engaging with, right? So this is why I talk about education first, being able to have both historical and political education that brings that past history into the present day so that we have different templates to use from. Because there's always been troublemakers in history. History is full of those who troubled the waters in order to push back against the encroaching imperialism that was coming down the necks of all of us. Because we have to remember this, y'all. Europe is only Europe because of what it took from the rest of the goddamn world. I'm going to say it again. Europe is only Europe because of what it took away from the rest of the goddamn world. It outsourced its violence in order to sit through, situate itself as some kind of bastion of democracy and free will. But we also see what's going on in many European locations. The reinvention of fascist, fascism via supposedly this being nationalistic, right? That shit's nothing but modern day fascism, okay? The U.S. is no different because we are a byproduct of that colonial past, right? So trouble the waters, ask the questions, invoke the ancestors, and know that resistance comes when you do not comply. Resistance and change comes when you realize that part of the resistance to encroaching authoritarianism is to be seen as the problem, is to be seen as trouble. Are there consequences to that? Of course there are. But what is more consequential, being the trouble in the system that wants to subjugate your ass 
or complying in that system that will not only subjugate you, but will take you for everything you have. All right. Like, share and follow for more to support my work. Show me some love in my cash up at Patreon. Now, when it comes to being a troublemaker, you have to understand the importance of the implementation of resistance and civil disobedience. So let's talk more about it. Resistance is the refusal to accept or comply with something, the attempt to to prevent something by action or by argument. So something that really makes me upset that really grinds my gears you know really pushes my buttons it pisses me off is when you young negroes say dumb shit like i'm not my ancestors i got these hands as if my ancestors did not put in the work did not pave the way not create the blueprint for you super silliest, ignorant ass buffoon of fools to sit up there and disrespect them and say that they didn't do anything while they were enslaved, okay? So let's talk about resistance, okay? So there are two forms of resistance that occurred during enslavement, okay? This open rebellion or insurrection. And there were several rebellions and insurrections of Black people, not only in America, but throughout America, South America, different colonies and like, come on, let's be fucking for real. So one thing that I really wanted to focus on is, yes, there were many open rebellions and insurrections that were very vital and pivotal to the freedom and the partial receiving of equality of black people, what, what I really want to focus on is the, the idea of day-to-day resistance. And day-to-day resistance is the way that our black ancestors would get back at people. They would cause trouble in a way that was very innocent and cute. So let's just imagine you as a slave or an enslaved person and your um master was working you to the grit and the bone and what did you do when you didn't feel like being worked to the grit and the bone you started working real slow that's resistance that's also where that whole connotation and idea that black people are lazy comes from it comes from resistance because they would work slowly especially like on like um, tobacco plants and on like yeah tobacco plants they would work so slow they would work together to work slow they would do stuff to get back at their um slave masters like they would produce shoddy ass work the stuff that they would do would be so crappy that they um, enslavers or the people that would be over them, their masters or overlords, whatever, they pimps, they, would, they wouldn't be able to turn a profit off of it. That's resistance or um, breaking or misplacing tools, hiding them, okay? Pretending to be sick. That, that's, that's resistance. Y'all just go into stuff full face, ready to go. Put pad, y'all would take anything. But don't don't sit up there and say that my ancestors, your ancestors, our ancestors didn't do anything because what they did was completely brave. And to be honest with y'all showing y'all ass like this, it let me know that y'all wouldn't be able to do stuff like this under the guise and the death of threat, threat of death. Would you really be bold enough to sit up there and work slowly and play in somebody's face? <laughs> Are you really that bold or would you sit up there, nod your head and say, yes, sir? That's what being a troublemaker is all about. OK, so let's talk about forms of resistance during the civil rights movement. The biggest form of resistance during the civil rights movement was voting, daring to go out and vote. November 8th just passed. How many of y'all real life went and go voting? Let's hmm? be for real. But. Outside of that, fighting for the right to be able to vote. That was resistance. Something so small, getting up and going to vote would make you a troublemaker. You can go ask Fannie Lou Hamer. Mm-hmm. She went up and got voted. She went to go vote. Ask her how that, how that turned out. Okay? 
So another form of resistance that I really wanted to hyper fit on focus on is simple disobedience so much so that I'm going to go back after I talk about it and like go more in depth about civil disobedience because it's a concept that y'all really need to understand if you plan on being a troublemaker, if you really plan on, um, you know, getting out here in the field, getting off the phone, getting in the field. Y'all really some social media activists. Y'all not really out here doing what needs to be done. So, you know, I'm just trying to put you on game instead of just shaming y'all every time I get on my mic. So civil disobedience is the refusal to comply with certain laws or pay taxes and fines as a peaceful form of political protest. So, yeah. Another example of resistance during the civil rights movement would be sit-ins, boycotts, marches, and again, civil disobedience, which were the signature actions of the struggle in which thousands were arrested. Hundreds of thousands were in, participated in marches, boycotts and voter registration drives. OK, so those are more forms of resistance during the civil rights movement. Just saying, I don't agree with this. So what can I do? Y'all always be asking, what can I do? What can I do? Where can I start? That's where you start. You start with yourself. You start with you and you focus on you before you get on here and get to doing everything. The reason why I can tell you about civil resistance, the reason why I can tell you about civil disobedience is because I actually do this. I actually be out here in these streets. <laughs> so let's um, let's talk about civil resistance in the modern day, which is in the Black Lives Matter movement. And these are my thoughts. I haven't pulled these from any verified sources, but these are the things that I've noticed within the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, again, one of the biggest forms of resistance during the Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter movement is voting. One thing we definitely went and did after they killed our brother Floyd is got up there and we removed all the people who were in office that were doing all that good thing, all those terrible things. And I always want to shout out black women. Um, I was looking at the politics polls for Georgia, even though Georgia for the second time failed Stacey Abrams, black women and black men, one and two were the number one voters for the Democratic Party. You know who failed the Georgians? White women. And you know who failed Texas? Latino women and men. It's going to be black women. It's going to be black men that's going to come out and support and, and hold black, the black community on your back. That's why voting is so important. OK, so again, another example of resistance during the Black Lives Matter movement was sit-ins, boycotts, marches and civil disobedience. What I want to focus on is economic boycotts, because I have come to the terms that economic boycotts or really just fucking with white people money or these institutions monies or the police money is the greatest way to be a troublemaker. Now, listen to me. Come on. Come in close. Come on. Come on. Okay. So an economic boycott is a refusal to have commercial or social dealings with anyone to whom is wished. Okay. So this is what I have been learning. Y'all keep on saying, how do we defund the police? How do we get the police in check? The answer is by hitting their pocketbooks. You got to hit them where it hurt. You like, okay, well, if we get them fired, they'll just go to another police station. And that is true. That's why you don't focus on getting them fired. You plan and focus on hitting their insurance. Okay. Essentially, when you file complaints with their insurance, the insurance that insures these police officers and their entire units, you go in there and you you file complaints that'll um the that's the less amount of money that they'll be able to have that they'll be able to hold and they won't be worth anything. So they'll be dropped by the insurance. They won't be able to work anywhere because no one there'll be such a liability that they won't be able to work. That's why it's so important to understand the the important of the dollar in the black community. No, I'm not a fan of capitalism, but black people have one of the largest amount of spending power in America. Remember, what, what, what befuddles me, what behooves me is you niggas will sit up there and uh, 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 Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich, Chick-fil-A nigger, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A done sat up there and said, we can't stand you niggas. Chick-fil-A said, we can't stand you, you gay people. 
Chick-fil-A said your community can go to hell. And y'all said to be giving them their money. You be giving them their money, your money. You just be handing it to them. That's why they stay open. And that was the thing when it came to all of these large corporations during the Black Lives Matter movement. We held them accountable. We stopped spending our money there. And I remember talking to other black people about this concept and they looked at me as if I was crazy. But it's not that I'm crazy. It's the fact that they have no form of self-control. And to be frank with you is because they don't have no form of self-love. How much love can you really say you have in yourself if you go give your money to a corporation that tell you to your face they can't stand you? but will give you your product and tell you to have a blessed day. Y'all can go to hell. And to be quite frank with you, self-love is the highest resistance or being able to control yourself. Self-control is the highest form of self-love. Stop giving these folks your money. Like Walmart, if it is, and let me, this is what I hold myself to. If I hand, if I can't give my money to a black organization, I will give my money to a black organization or a black business. If there is not nan nowhere I can go to, I'm going to my own minority-owned organization and business. I go to the Palestine, the Indian. I will go over there to the to to all of them, the Asians last, but still. Then if it ain't no minority-owned businesses and it's only white people there. We go to local owned businesses, mom and pops. We gonna go to the taco stand. You feel me? And if we ain't got no choice, then that's last resort. We give them our money. But act like you know, act like you know some better. So moving right along, you have to talk about the social media boycotts. Y'all, and that really was the only really form of resistance that y'all really did to be real with y'all in 2020. Y'all really put that little black picture up there on y'all Instagram and y'all feel so proud of y'all says. And then we'll sit up there and support all of the artists, all of the rappers that continue to do what they wanted to do during during that blackout day. Young thug, friend, but I mean, he was on goddamn Instagram flexing his watch shaking his dreads and I was shaking my head like let's be for real so another thing that I wanted to talk about which is another form of resistance during the Black Lives Matter movement was civil unrest so in legal terms civil unrest or civil disturbance means acts of violence and disorder detrimental to the public law and order so that's going to include your violence your riots, your insurrections, unlawful obstructions of justice and all that, you know, the fun stuff. And that's when being a troublemaker really comes to play. And I will tell y'all the truth now, when we were protesting during 2020, the biggest encounter that I really came across was the old generation versus the new generation. There was the the NAACP that came up in the 1970s that have their civil disobedience, which is usually nonviolent acts of peace, you know, that, and again, I'll get more into that in the next segment. And then you have us who, who read it a light shit on fire and steal stuff and pickpocket and, you know, trip people, you know, you know, Make a couple scared faces or something. That's us. And to be real with you, the way that we protest during the Black Lives Matter movement was one of the greatest strategies that we had. But the old heads were so pissed off about it because they're so stuck in their old mindset of what will the white man think of us because we setting shit on fire. On fire. They scared of us. I don't care what they think about us. And that's what being a troublemaker truly is. Not caring. Showing people how you feel. Because if you're not going to listen to us, you're going to have to feel it. And that's just being real. But again, this is always going to go back to I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Y'all would sit up here, get on social media, argue about sex, argue about men, argue about money, weeds, Birkins, argue about STDs that don't mean nothing, that ain't going to really help you or help the people around you in the, in the long run. But, saying, but, but when it comes to speaking out about injustices, speaking out about the deaths of the people, not only mainstream, but the people around you, Speaking about people's moms and fathers being murdered at the hands of police or in the military, y'all suddenly just got too much to lose. As if they don't see us all as niggas. Like, really, the question is, is whose side are you on? 
But it don't matter because I'm speaking to the troublemakers. I'm speaking to the ones that's going to get at it. That's going to get out there and get to the work. That's going to put their life on the line. You feel me? And there's some people out there. And maybe this message isn't for you, but you have to respect it. You have to respect the people who are willing to go to jail, the people who are willing to get shot, the people. You have to respect them because if it wasn't for them, where would you be? You sitting up there behind your tiny little desk, typing away on a computer, smiling at white people, trying to make them feel comfortable. You playing right into their hands. You playing right into the the rule book. Y'all got to do something different. We have to sit in. We have to stand in. We have to march. And that's why more than 50 years ago, a group of unarmed citizens, black and white, gathered on March 7th. 1965 in order a peaceful nonviolent fashion to walk from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama to dramatize to the nation and to the world that we wanted to register to vote. We were beaten. Tear gas left bloody. Some of us almost died on that bridge. But the Congress responded. President Lyndon Johnson responded and the Congress passed a voting rights act. We'll come a distance. We made progress, but we're not there yet. There are forces that want to take us back to another place. We don't want to go back. We want to go forward. As promised, I will be going more in detail about civil disobedience, okay? So civil disobedience is actually a very cracker-like concept, okay? It was created by a white man named Henry David Thoreau, okay? And what he wrote about was civil disobedience and social change. So he went on the record about his thoughts and opinions in an essay, ironically entitled Civil Disobedience. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so his essay questioned honest American people on what they would do if they were ever placed in a situation or a position where they opposed the opinions and actions of their government. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Now, this summer, if I, my memory served me quite right and correctly, um, 50% of the United States lost a right, um, a right to an abortion. Um, and a, a good proportion of us as a black community felt like what Boosie had said about what Tupac had said about how a woman's body is their own right and they should have the right to choose, okay? So when you are put in positions like this, you, I mean, just be honest with yourself. Do you really agree with the opinions and the actions of the government that are over us right now? And most of us say no. So as we are thinking as... Henry David Thoreau, he going to say, all men recognize the right of revolution. That is the right to refuse allegiance to and to resist the government when it is tyranny or it is inefficiently are great and underdurable. Okay, that comes from civil disobedience. So he suggests that citizens not blindly follow suit, but they should listen to their own reasonings, intuition and consciousness, introducing the concept of individual thought. Huh. See, and to be quite frank with you, the idea of individual thought has really been lost in modern day and time. And it's because of social media. Y'all really focus on groupthink. Y'all really thrive off of groupthink. And groupthink can be seen in the dating, the dating world, especially in the black community. Who came up with all these damn dating rules? Who came up with all these societal norms on when I'm supposed to text a nigga back and when I'm supposed to respond and how quickly I got to do it and how available I got to be and what and whether or not or what I bring to the table? That's group thing. Be able to think for yourself. When it comes to voting, when it comes to politics, you might be intimidated by those big words, but do your own research. When it comes to religion and 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 Semitic and being anti-Semitic and whether or not you believe this, that, and the third, do your own research. Have your own morality outside of what other people think, even outside of religion, even outside of what your mom and your grandma, your auntie and your daddy think. You need to have your own thought and it needs to be strong. You need to be able to stand on it with your own two feet and be unmovable. That's what being a troublemaker is, is understanding 
by yourself, being conscious and leading and following your intuition. Furthermore, Henry Davis Thoreau goes on to argue, but to speak and be as a citizen, unlike those who call themselves non-government men, I ask for those not at once no government, but at once a better government. Let every man make known what kind of government would command his respect, and that will be one step towards obtaining it. Now, let's just be real. Let's be FFR. Let's be fucking for real, you guys. Let's get a grip on things. <laughs> when now Kanye was anti-black before he was being anti-Semitic publicly. The reason why the anti-Semitics shut the hell up out of Kanye and made him be quiet is because they stood on what they said. They came together. They came together, they recognized there was a problem, and and they went against it. And now the government is going to follow suit. Not every corporation is going to follow suit. Now, how come they, we didn't get that same response when we felt like Kanye was being anti-black and he was hollering slavery was a choice and yada, 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 okay? That, that's what the problem is. Let every man know what kind of government would command his respect. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be commanding our respect. So when we are commanding our respect, those good troublemakers are going to be the first ones to go forward. And I also wanted to pay homage to the first follower. Now, the first follower is one of the most important people to the troublemakers the first person to come behind someone and say i completely agree is the turning point of any situation that you are they are the person that separates you from being a crazy person and and being ideal being acceptable saying hey so if you cannot be you cannot be the troublemaker if you cannot be the first domino be the second domino be the be the supporter if you're not brave enough if you see somebody that's saying something that you identically thought, felt, and aligned with, come support them. Everybody, everybody can't be, you know, in front of the camera. Somebody got to be uh, working behind the scenes. Someone got to be the cameraman. Maybe you the cameraman. And also, to be honest with you, there is not one person that's more important than the other. And like I said, the first follower is the most important person in any scenario. The first person that come up and step up and say, I agree. I see where you're coming from. That is the person that changes the entire atmosphere of the room. They are the ones that confirm everybody else's thoughts. So if you cannot be the troublemaker, you make sure that you are the first supporter. Lastly, um, let's, and this is not lastly, I don't know why I'm on this microphone lying to y'all today. I'm sitting up here lying on Snoop Dogg and goddamn Soldier Boy Radio. Let me talk about Henry Davis Thoreau's thought on technology and organization. So he remarks, I say, let us not have such a machine any longer. When a sixth of the population of the nation, which was undertaken by the refugees of liberty or slaves in a whole country, is unjustly overturned and conquered by a foreign enemy and subjected to military law, it is not too soon for honest men to rebel and revolutionize. Now, another thing that I really wanted to focus on is irony. Everybody, every country that people would consider to be a second or third world country they are rebelling haiti although it's not highly publicized right now they're going through another rebellion right now we've been praying for iran for months now okay they and with the white people over there uh not in russia the Soviet Union, girl, child, I don't keep up with white on white crime, but they rebelling too. So I want to ask y'all, what is the difference between what they going on over there and what's going on over here and why we're so complacent to be troublemakers? Why is it that we don't see the injustices that go on over here and we're not so upset? It's because y'all are so conditioned to it. It is normalized. You are desensitized to the things that go on around you. You're too desensitized to the things that are happening to the people around you, whether you know them or not. You're too desensitized. It's too normalized. 
if y'all don't see that it's a problem as long as i'm good as long as i'm okay it's not a problem until it starts affecting you and the people you genuinely love and care so what happens when that when when that happens when y'all stand up then or or y'all gonna do like the romans did what they said uh give them the circus and let them eat cake y'all just gonna let y'all gonna be distracted and y'all gonna eat and just let everything crumble around y'all or y'all actually gonna be the troublemakers that the people need you to be because to be frank with you it's people out here that can't cause no more drama trouble y'all grandmas can't get up there and march like they used to it's babies out here that ain't never said a word. They can't, they can't protest. So there's a need for it in the community. And I'm not, I hope no one believes that I'm trying to incite violence or or mis misinformation or trouble or anything. But when I talk about troublemakers, it's more than just putting your life and body on the line. It's speaking up for the person that's stuttering in the back of the room and people are talking over them speaking up for the girl or the boy in the back of the room they never speak up and they they shy it's making room for people it's a safe place for people you know doing stuff that people told you not to do that are completely innocent that's making trouble too so Henry Thoreau concluded that instead of looking towards other people for companionship or the advancement of technology for significance, humanity should look towards nature for divine and spiritual inspirations. It is important to understand and contextualize what was going on behind the scenes. Now, let's move over to his politics. And this will be the last thing I say about this white man, because talking about white men really make me drowsy you know and to let me know -uh. so politically while henry david thoreau was going through his own personal renaissance in 1844 james k polk defeated the Whig Whig party candidate henry clay and he secured the majority vote during the controversial and important presidential election so because polk won the majority vote those who opposed his opinions on the issue of slavery and the annexation of the Republic of Texas were expected to remain silent and idle while respecting the will of the majority. This situational irony justifies Henry David Thoreau's thoughts, which is the government itself, which is only the mode which the people have chosen to execute their will, is equally liable to abuse and pervert before the people can act through it okay so just because and which which something we're gonna live through now no the house and the senate are not completely republican they they did not have the red wave I'm pretty sure they put their big pad on. They put their supersized tampon in, but they didn't get the big red wave that they thought they was going to get. But I still believe that within politics right now, there are going to be a lot of things that will be passed coming very soon that we will not agree with it. Now, being a troublemaker is speaking up on it. Being a troublemaker is calling our legislators and our uh, governor. I swear to God, my period was late last month. I almost called uh, Tate Reeves and asked him if he knew where it's at. Where it was, child, since he's so concerned about me and my reproductive rights, what shit do you know? We just sat up here and deleted all the apps to track the pregnancy and to check the period. We scared to put our period up in the dog on calendar act. And he just, and we're sitting up here making life hard for me. So shit, why we won't make life hard for other people? Y'all let shit go too fast. Y'all be so ready to kill nigga car, put glitter all inside somebody home and car. But when it comes to the people that really is hurting you, the people that's putting food that's not really food in your baby's mouths at school, doing the same thing to the people in prisons, the people that are unjustly put in prisons, targeted, stereotyped. Um, y'all, y'all are just let shit slide and y'all memory be so vague and weak. It's just sad. So as we are inviting you at the Afrocentric podcast to become troublemakers. I just wanted to remind you that if you sit by and idly watch slide shit slide by, you're a bitch and your mama bitch.
then people like me, the professional troublemakers, should not be the only ones who are committed to being these dominoes who are always falling out the planes or being the first one to take this hit. People are so afraid of these acute consequences, not realizing that there are many times when we walk in rooms and we are some of the most powerful people in those rooms. We might be the second most powerful, third most powerful, and I firmly believe that our job in those times is to disrupt what is happening. And then, if we're not the most powerful, if two more of us band together, it makes us powerful. It's like co-signing the woman in the meeting, you know, the woman who who can't seem to get her word out, or just making sure that other person. Who can't make a point is being heard. Our job is to make sure they have room for that. Everyone's well-being is community business. If we made that a point, we'd understand that for the times when we need help, we wouldn't have to look around so hard. If we made sure we were somebody else's help. I I wanted to briefly talk about the historical and modern troublemakers and instigators within the Black community, and I would just go ahead and just um. Briefly list them off to you, and you know I'm pretty sure you won't be shocked when you hear any of these names. Those would be the Honorable Frederick Douglass Ashe, the Honorable Marcus Garvey Ashe, the Honorable Rosa Parks Ashe, the Honorable Malcolm X Ashe, the Black Panther Party, the Honorable Martin Luther King Jr. Ashe, the Honorable John Lewis Ashe. These these are the historical troublemakers. The don't get Big Rosa started. Big Rosa sat on that bus and said, "Who? Not today." They said, "Rosa, can you get up?" Rosa said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, get somebody else to do it." <laughs> uh, uh-uh. uh, that that's a troublemaker. Pick a bone with her. Frederick Douglass. In fact, his advocacy was based upon Henry David Thoreau's concept of civil disobedience believing that there needs to be an immediate end to slavery and actually having his own sense and principles to morality and to be quite frank with y'all y'all be having such a bone to pick with frederick Douglass, but frederick Douglass is the mindset that majority of us as southerners align with y'all want to be w.e.b du bois so bad so bad so bad w.e.b du bois wouldn't gave a fuck about you if you was around him during that time period and i will talk about that in a later episode um y'all know that you can't even think about the concept of good trouble without even think about thinking about the late civil rights leader and georgia congressman john lewis and that that idea of good trouble necessary trouble it was a battle cry for black people and when he said that he was basically trying to point out the idea that it it's not only okay, trouble, good trouble is not only okay, but it was necessary to enact and inspire meaningful change, okay? So if if you didn't have those good troublemakers, that's going to be SCLC. They would be SNCC. If they didn't, those people who participated in the, what is that, the Red Summer, the people who went riding around in the buses and the people who died, the people who sat on those lunch counters unprovoked and put themselves in positions of trouble to be able to make a change for us to just be able to eat in restaurants, the people who drank out of water fountains that was only for white people, the people who created their own ideology, who the people who integrated schools, all those are good troublemakers. But that's old school. You have to understand that the concepts of good troublemakers, they now have to be modernized. They now have to fit the circumstances and what we are dealing with now. So without a further ado, I want to talk about the modern troublemakers. And this list, of course, is going to be extremely controversial. And I don't want to focus on whether or not you like this person as a whole. I want to focus on the tactics in which these people talk about. So the first person, I want to focus on the tactics in which these people use in order to convey their message. So the first person I wanted to talk about is Riza Islam. This R I Z Z A Islam, and of course he's a part of the Nation of Islam (NOI). Um, down here in the South, we are Christians, but I thoroughly enjoy listening to Riza. Um, I feel like the Nation of Islam as a whole are good troublemakers. They are the ones who, although it is based in religion, they are the ones who put themselves um 
in positions of um, pain, put their bodies on the line. They're the ones who educate and re-educate their children on what their history is. They're the ones who stand up for what they believe in. They're the ones who who advocate for us all and it's not just RZA. Um, another example of a modern day troublemaker would be the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm. And I started to listen to Farrakhan because I started to listen to RZA. Again, understanding that although they do not believe in the same religion that we practice down here in the South does not mean that you can't learn something from them. Um, Louis Fair, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is an amazing orator and he is still alive. We are living in, in a place where our leaders are starting to come back because again, during the civil rights movement and all those people, all those people who died during the civil rights movement, they died. We no longer have those leaders. So now we're starting to see a resurgence of leaders and we're also starting to see a resurgence of followers. So we're have, we're seeing a resurgence of troublemakers as a whole. So the next controversial person that I wanted to talk about was Charleston White. And we did have Tasha K get on Snoop Dogg Internet, got on Kevin Samuel Internet and said that Charleston White was a plant. But to be quite frank with you, I see Charleston White as a good troublemaker because he advocates. He advocates for the people that no one wants to advocate for. Those are the rappers. Those are for the, but he advocates for the baby mamas, for the actual mothers, for the kids, for the women. He advocates for the people that don't nobody else want to advocate for. And he called people out on their bullshit. Do he always be right? No, but we are all human. When are all of us always right? Exactly. He will literally <laughs> he'll put your life in danger and put his life in danger to prove a point. That's what we need. We need somebody more focused. But the spirit of Charleston White is what I'm trying to get you all to understand that he is a good troublemaker and he actually does have a purpose. Dr. Umar Johnson is another example of a troublemaker because of his mouth. The fact that he is so educated. I had someone tell me that I could not use Dr. Umar quotes to support and justify my topics when I'm talking about black history and black excellency as if Dr. Umar does not have a PhD, as if he is not an educated black person and he is a troublemaker. He is someone who navigates. He, number one, navigated himself in a white space, predominantly white culture educated it through an Afrocentric lens. And then on top of that, again, advocating for the voiceless. He advocates for young children with mental disabilities. He's advocating for black parents. He is advocating for black people in general. Those are the troublemakers. You got Colin Kaepernick, troublemaker. And I feel like there's such a difference between Colin Kaepernick's advocacy versus Kyrie Irving's advocacy. Colin Kaepernick made the conscious decision to get on his knee during the national anthem. He did that. That's causing trouble for a purpose. He made a statement. Kyrie Irving just reposted a picture. Did he deserve the backlash that he got? No. But, I mean, I don't even feel like Kyrie figured he was making a statement by reposting a picture of something. I think he just felt the need to stand on it because everybody was going crazy on him. I feel like you could look at Kyrie as a troublemaker of some sorts, but Colin Kaepernick's advocacy was way more direct. He tried to cause trouble, and trouble he got, and he paid the cop um the cons the prices of the consequences, and he's still resurging. He is an activist, and we have to respect him as well as the other modern troublemakers because they are doing the work. So Afrocentric would like to invite you to trouble the waters and to become a troublemaker. So when I say trouble the waters, it means to agitate or disturb or to shake the waters, okay? So when I'm telling you to trouble the waters, this is what I mean. Ask the questions. We ask questions in order to learn more information about something. And we answer questions to provide more information. Asking and answering questions is not only a part of how we learn, but it's also a part of our social skills. We ask and answer questions to be polite and to build and maintain relationships. 
So why am I saying ask the questions? Number one, we all need to be able to have a full understanding of what's going on when we are making trouble. We don't want to go into a situation biased, okay? Ask the questions, get down to the bottom of it, make sure that you are being skeptical. So that's the next point, be skeptical. Skepticism will help you develop an attitude of doubt that will make you question what's going on. Healthy skepticism is when you're doubting something for the sake of it and you are questioning things to discover a truth that will help you arrive at a logical decision. I think a lot of times when people are asking questions, they are asking questions in order to hear what they want to hear. Now, there is a situation where and God forbid a white man kills a black man. You have to go into that situation skeptical. Was it on purpose? Because every white person is not racist. That's just me being honest. So you have to be skeptical. Was it really racially motivated? How do we know? How do, how do you know? And know your intuition is not always correct, but nine times out of 10 it is. So be skeptical. Look at the glass half full. Look at that motherfucker half empty. Figure out how that water in the motherfucker tastes, okay? Question everything. Speak the truth. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable by speaking hard truths when they are necessary. Your silence helps no one. Now, to make the story that I told at the beginning of this episode go full circle, it concludes with me speaking in front of 3,000 people the last words of George Floyd for about nine minutes. Okay, that's cool. But I'm speaking the truth. Um, I'm applying pressure behind what I said. And when you speak up, you have to understand that your silence helps no one. And I know I talked about this scenario earlier in the season, but it was just so brain boggling to me. There was a woman on a train in New York, public, public transportation, people on the public transportation. She is publicly sexually assaulted on a seat in front of everyone. Broad daylight. Ask me if anyone spoke up. No. What did they do? They recorded. No one, no one said stop it. No one said quit, quit it. You need to stop. Nobody said shit. That's why you have to be the troublemaker in this situation. If you feel like something ain't right, y'all need to say something. At the very least, you be wrong, and that's okay. Like, okay, another great example. Me being a troublemaker. One day, I was on the phone arguing with my nigga. I was arguing so bad with my man. I pulled up to a gas station, parked behind the gas station. Me and this joke going back and forth. I look over to my left. I see this black man in a 18 wheeler pickup truck and a lady in a little nissan tutu they arguing the house down boots bitch i'm talking about they going back and forth back and forth and it gets so bad like so heated so aggressive i gotta put my argument on hold to go see about her and that's the truth and that's that's what i want to encourage more people to do because I feel like there are so many people that wish somebody would speak up for them. They wish someone would intervene on their behalf, but they don't because people really don't care about nobody but themselves. So, so what I do, I grab my gun. I kept my look. God, you know, y'all know I keep my Glock on me. I grab my gun and I approach, um, they, they be here. Are you okay, ma'am? This nigga telling me to get out my get out his business. I said, why? How you want me to get out your business when you in a public place? Come on, let's be for real now. If you want to do that, take that shit at home. But while I'm around, you're not gonna be disrespecting black women. And that 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 is the truth. And this is not the first time I've actually done that. This is not the first time. When I lived in my apartment when I was twenty, when I stayed in an apartment complex and my upstairs neighbor was getting the tally wabbit knocked out of her. I remember I would have guests in my room and he'd be beating her up so bad I thought my ceiling fan would come out the doggone roof, y'all. And this is not a joke. And 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 she would be screaming for help. Like, 
screaming for help. Now, regardless, oh, she let, she let, she let him in and da 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 There's not up for you to judge. There's not up for you to survive. You be the good troublemaker. You go make sure that your brother and sisters are okay. So what I did, this back before I got my gun, I went and got a butcher knife. What you want me to do? Y'all want me to go up there unprepared? I did what I had to do. I climbed up them stairs, knocked on the door. Are you okay? That nigga tried to fight me. How you going to try to fight me when you in the wrong? But it just let me know that she needed somebody to be there to let him know that somebody is watching you. Some like your silence helps no one. Oh, I feel like I'm intruding. I would feel so much better if I walked up on someone and found out that everything was okay. than if I didn't walk up on someone and the next day they was found dead. That's just being honest. Speak the truth. Speak up for folks. Advocate for the voiceless. So the next tip that I have when it comes to troubling the waters is to invoke the ancestors. In other words, you petition the ancestors for help or support. You utilize the strategies that they once used and you build upon them and you modern, you modernize them. Simple as that. You invoke the ancestors. You ask them to lead and guide and protect you. And then you go and you research because faith without work is dead. Lastly, if you're going to trouble the waters, you push back. Push back against the system. If you push back against something such as change or criticism, you refuse to accept it or you are trying to prevent it. Okay? You push back. That means you get up and you go vote. If you got an opportunity to speak up about something, you speak out. You do what you got to do to fight the system because if you don't, the system going to eat your ass alive. So, yes, with that being said, the Afrocentric podcast wants to invite you to be a troublemaker. Come trouble the waters, because if you don't do it, ain't nobody else going to do it. And if God don't do it, well, God damn it, it just won't get done. Three things. One, did you mean it? Two, can you defend it? Three, did you say it with love? If the answer is yes to all three, I say it and let the chips fall. That's important. That checkpoint with myself always tells me, yes, you're supposed to do this. Telling the truth, telling thoughtful truth should not be a revolutionary act. Speaking truths of power should not be sacrificial, but they are. But I think if more of us chose to do this for the greater good, we'd be in better spaces than we are right now. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout out to the a real nigga. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. Yes, you guys, it's time for the biggest, blackest, sloppiest, toppiest, greasiest, fattest, obese, type 2 diabetic shout out with hypertension and glaucoma and the gout. Yes, it's time for the big black shout out. <laughs> all right. So as we all know, the big black shout out is an opportunity to help circulate the black dollar into our communities and for audience members to explore black owned hidden gems. So as we all know, during the month of November, we will be plugged in. That's right. It's plugged in November. And here at the Afrocentric podcast, we are shameless plugs so with that being said i wanted to give all of my black owned businesses an opportunity to promote their businesses throughout the month of november absolutely free that's right we plugged in and we are charging y'all zero ninety nine free five finger discount deep fried and put cheese on the top that's right yes amen so, again, with that being said, if you have a business or, you know, someone that has a business that really would like to be advertised for the free ski, make sure you are emailing me at the Afrocentric Podcast. That's afrocentricpodcast at gmail.com. And I wanted to give a special big black shout out to the businesses that are being promoted this month. Shout out to you guys. Hey, what's good, y'all? It's DJ Calhoun here from 88 Recording House on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, checking in with Morgan Grant and Afrocentric Podcast. For all of your recording, editing, mixing, and DJ needs, holla at me, OG Calhoun at iCloud.com. Hello, my name is Darian Lane. I am CEO of Currency Care and D Lane Live. 
Currency Care focuses on credit repair and tax preparation. I use the Fair Credit Reporting app to dispute inaccurate and outdated information on credit reports. Dealing Lounge Designs focus on custom prints and monograms. We offer business cards, thank you cards, next appointment cards, gift certificates, custom stickers, labels, t-shirts, and more. I am located out of Orange Beach, Alabama. Follow my personal Instagram and click the link in my bio. The link in my bio has the link of all of my social medias as well as my Amazon storefront. If you want to learn more about repairing your credit or filing your taxes, follow us on social media. Operation I Am is a nonprofit organization that promotes suicide prevention and, bring aware and brings awareness by giving advice to the people that has been silenced. This website is designed for you to share your story without sharing your name. It allows you to use your voice without having a fear of people knowing who you are. We are currently offering six free therapy sessions with licensed therapists to learn more about Operation I Am. Visit www.operationiam.com. Again, that's www.operationiam.com. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed those. I know of those I don't know, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray Is that really you, necessary? First, I'd like to give honor to God, who is the head of my life. Yes. Um, right now, I'd like to go on ahead and begin the altar call, which is the final segment of any Afrocentric podcast. Um, and I'm just here to remind y'all and let my people know that I'm praying and hoping and fasting and I'm asking God to deliver us from evil. Yes. All right. Um, you know, I came here knee-bowed and body-bent before the Lord's stone of grace. And um, the Spirit spoke to me this morning and told me that this needs to be my final prayer. But I'm still praying for the deliverance of Blueface and Christian Rock. And, you know, the Bible say, touch my, my anointed ones and do my prophet no harm. But they just be touching on each other physically and sexually. And I just don't know what to do. So I'm praying that, that the Lord please deliver them out of evil and deliver them from Eden. Amen. Um, Next. I will be praying for the whole state of Georgia because the people of Georgia said it ain't no cotton picking way that that fake cop with the fake badge not only shouldn't have been on the ballot, but uh, elected. And we also can't believe that the shameless state of Georgia failed Stacey Abrams again. Um, we will be blaming this on the white woman again who voted 73% for Brian Kemp. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is y'all really want me to pray for. We was praying for change last week. But remember that this battle ain't yours. No, it's the Lord's. Think about it. Then start shouting. Amen. Finally, um, I would like to submit a sinner's prayer. A sinner's prayer. Um, I'm praying for the downfall of Sophia Rosen. Yes, that is the UK student over there at the University of Kentucky that was howling and spouting and slurring out racial slurs. Um, to a beautiful black queen unprovoked 
And we are also praying for the potential destruction of the University of Kentucky if they don't suspend, expel, and financially remove and bankrupt Sophia Rosen. We praying that she never receive bail. If you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place. If you're looking for trouble, just look right in my face. I was born standing up and talking back. My daddy was a so much for sitting here and causing a little trouble with me today i want y'all to remember to never be white supremacist peace always be they trouble um i let y'all know right now every day i wake up and i'm looking for a way to get over on the white man i am every day i got my hand out and i'm looking for something because i like to cause trouble so, I'd like to thank you so much for choosing to be Afrocentric today. Please remember that Black Lives Matter. Listen and protect Black women and children. Remember that the only thing that you must do in this lifetime is be Black and die. And here at the Afrocentric Podcast, we are just civilized people having civilized conversations. If you like this episode and more, make sure that you are following subscribing liking and sharing these posts these conversations are so important in the african-american community today so let's spread the word okay bye-bye to get in the way. You must find a way to get in trouble, the trouble, necessary trouble.